you are listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 90, with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Yes, lots and lots to chat about today as we review another, yet another exciting weekend of SPFL football. Lots and lots to discuss in the capable hands of our panel. Introduce yourself, guys. Hello, Hamish. I'm in a joyous mood today. How are you? Who are you? At worst, sorry. <laughs> Hi, uh, Hamish, Johnny. I'm delighted to be here. If I'm a, even if I'm a bit exhausted today. Callum Scott here. Uh, delighted to be back on the podcast after uh, I was I was on it last week. To be fair, so it wasn't that long an absence. Callum here, and if I could choose any animal, I'd be a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> only uh, only probably what about twenty folk in the planet. We'll, uh, we'll understand what that reference was was that. So I'm not even going to bother explaining it. We are going to delve in um, to the first game. Uh, of our review, it was the only televised game at the weekend, it was at Celtic Park, um, where Celtic beat Rangers 5-1 in the first Glasgow derby of the season, um, we'll get into this nitty gritty, Mark Warburton said um, after the game there wasn't a golf in class, or a huge golf in class between the sides, he said it was just one of these results that happens, what's your take on it Johnny, how did you view the match? Interesting that you come to me first there Hamish, but I think that... Um well, I had to come to someone, didn't I? Well, I thought you'd might uh, might ask uh, Lewis being the Celtic fan or Fisher being the Rangers fan, but I deliberately didn't ask them because they that's, both that's be biased. That's why I said interesting. But um, no, I I I, uh, I agree that I disagree with Warburton. Sorry that um, I think there is a clear golfing class. I, I understand why he's coming out uh, and saying that, but I think I think the sooner that Rangers realise that they're in a battle for for second and not for the title the better for them. Um, I was actually speaking to a, a Celtic fan earlier who talking about Rangers and he, he thinks that sort of when Rangers went down to the third tier they, they, they went through sort of signing players with experience so to speak and it didn't really work for them and I think they've maybe not fallen for the same trap because they do need experience, they do need signings uh, like Senderos but um, I just think that that um, if Rangers had sort of not written this year off, but realised they maybe wouldn't have been able to challenge this year and sort of started building for the next couple of years, they would have been there or thereabouts, and they'd have had more chance in the in the coming years. But that's just my personal view on it, anyway. Yeah, I've got my notes written down today. They've been done by Lewis Kemp oh, and Co. Um, so I'll just read out some of Lewis's uh, notes. Uh, he had a bit of fun earlier oh, on. Um, the first thing he's put, Dembele performance, and he's done a wee uh, kind of spider diagram going of arrow, off it. Yeah, yeah um, replacing Griffiths going forward, question mark. Do you want to answer your own, your own kind of claim, Lewis? Uh, well, I think the question was, uh, should Dembele, based on this performance, be replacing Griffiths? And um, should he? I don't think so, um, but it certainly gives us a very good option going forward. Um, he stepped up to the plate. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, I did. I, I wouldn't say I feared the worst, but I I, I definitely was, was less confident knowing that Griffiths wasn't um, starting. Actually, wasn't even inside. He wasn't even in the bench. Um, but um, I mean, he's absolutely he was, he was sublime on on Saturday. He um, he he was. You know, he does have a kind of touch of class about him and. Um, I was I was very impressed with his performance. Yeah, Callum, you were at the game, of course. Callum Scott, that is. Um, Dembele did show 
a lot of quality in the way he played. You only have to look at that second goal when he, he kind of skins his former uh, teammate. I think was it Fulham, Philip Senderos, and tucks it away. Lovely. I mean, this guy, uh, this guy could go quite far by the looks of things, and he's only twenty. Yep, absolutely. Um, I remember for the start of the game, you just realise there's just such an elegance and class about him. Uh, he just strolls through games, um, and actually, the first kind of. 20 minutes or so before he scored a few Celtic fans round about me were kind of getting a bit apprehensive about him you know they were kind of like because Griffiths when he's up there is a kind of busy wee player you know and he'll, he'll dive into things and me and Lewis were talking as well like there was a few crosses into the box earlier, early on and like nobody was getting on the end of them or even getting close to getting on to the end of them whereas if Griffiths had been there he'd maybe he threw himself in and you know looked more interested and Dembele was getting a wee bit of stick for that but I mean he played the game the way he always does and he was rewarded for it with his three goals and absolutely terrific goals. Um, and he's just, let's say, an absolute class act. And, um, let's say, I just I really enjoyed watching him. Like, he's the kind of player I like. I mean, he just, he's, let's say, just, to repeat, he just strolls through games and it's just remarkable to watch. <laughs> yeah, Dembele uh, completing the, the rare feat of scoring a hat-trick in one of these games don't happen very often. Lewis, another point you made... Stuart Armstrong came on, I think yeah. about 55 minutes, replacing the, the very good Tom Rodgick. Uh, and you've put here that he changed the game, and you've 100%. also put Rodgers' genius. He is a genius, yes. Um, I mean, we've seen it time and time again this year. When things aren't going away, Rodgers is not afraid to kind of change change the system or you know make a substitution or whatever. Because that was um, a, a key point in the game. Rangers, after yeah. half-time, came into yeah. Barry Mackay, missed the chance. He just curled past the post, didn't realise how close that was yeah. until I saw the replays. And that was that was a moment that Rangers could have that got was, back into the game. That, that was, uh, for me anyway, I know obviously they scored uh, right before half-time, but I thought that weekend of spell was probably the best spell of the game. I think Halliday came on um, half-time and I think he did make a difference in the midfield because, um, I mean, Kradzgar was... Um, very poor first half, um, completely off the pace. But I think um, second half, certainly that, that kind of period, I did kind of feel the worst in a way. Um, but you know, Armstrong came on, and uh, I think that's that kind of spell he had for us. It's good a performance I've seen in, in a long time from Armstrong. I was very impressed with him. He um, completely changed the game for us. Anyone else to mention, Johnny or, or Callum from from the Celtic team and, and the way they played? Um, because they really just do have goals throughout the team at the moment. You look at the likes of Sinclair, he scored in every league game. I think that was the first league game James Forrest hasn't scored in. You've got Griffiths, who I think sorry, already scored seven this season, and Bellies on seven as well. You've also got goals from midfield with the likes of Armstrong and Tom Rogic scoring. There's just so many options for Celtic at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, saying that same, that's why I was always confident, uh, regardless of Rangers scoring, that Celtic would kick on again. And, uh, but... To go the kind of opposite way for that, you say about their options going forward, to be honest, I was actually pretty impressed with the Celtic defence, even though the goal they conceded was sort of poor, but for the rest of the game, they just weren't out weren't out sweat at all. They just, again, strolled through the game, particularly the full-backs. I thought the full-backs were terrific, eh, both Lustig and Tierney. Tierney was a player when they first came on the scene I was a bit sceptical about. I thought he was good, but I thought he was made out to be better than what he was because he was a young guy, he was Scottish, and he played with Celtic, but... Honestly, what an absolutely brilliant performance from him on Saturday. It's um, first I've had a real good look at him. I've only ever seen him once before in the flesh, I think, and uh, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, good with both feet as well, which is quite refreshing for mm. a fullback, particularly a young fullback. And I thought he was excellent along with Lustig as well on the right hand side. I, just, I thought the Celtic fullbacks were terrific along with obviously other options going forward. Just it was a ten out of ten performance for Celtic for all throughout the team. 
Moving to Rangers, Callum, is there anyone from, from that side that played in Saturday that deserves pass marks in your book? Um, I think... I'm struggling here. I think Windass was probably the, the, the one, I would say. I don't think maybe Fodderingham could have done anything at, either, at any goal, really, um, either. But I'd definitely say Josh Windass was, was the one that I thought... Um, was the one that got past marks. I thought the way he carried the ball was something we'd been missing. Um, and I thought his energy in the midfield and his, his willingness to take the ball and just run at Celtic players was something that we didn't do enough of on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Rangers team, I, I thought I didn't think that Tavernier was too bad. I, th- I thought he had a, an alright game. I think at times um, he allowed Sinclair, I mean, like the last goal... Arguably, I think it was maybe Windass who, who should have tracked back Tierney for the final goal. Tierney put, plays it across and Armstrong scores. Um, but in the main, I thought Tavernier was one of the more assured players on the ball going forward. I, th- I, th- I just thought um, the likes of Kiernan at the back, Senderos' performance kind of spoke for itself, but I thought Kiernan, the amount of times he just gave the ball away needlessly, I thought the same went for Cranshaw in the first half. Um, I thought Barry Mackay started well in the game and actually finished well in the game, but the kind of 50 minutes in between offered uh, very little apart from that chance he had um, but as I said probably I'd give um, Fodderingham uh, Garner probably because he got his goal in such a big game um, Tavernier and probably Windass pass marks I'd agree I'd probably agree with Tavernier I think he's probably been our best player so far this season um, I, th- I didn't I honestly didn't think Senderos did too badly um, he's sending off well Looking ridiculous, he's misjudged the bounce, and I think if he misses it, there's a Celtic player behind him that's going in on goal. So I can understand that. Um, Kiernan, I I liked Robbie Kiernan. Um, I think this season though he has been poor. His distribution from the back was awful, and I think that's the key thing. We shot ourselves in the foot for for the first three goals at least. We failed to mark up at the corner. Kiernan's poor pass. Senderos and Kiernan been unable to read um, the run that Dembele was making and both going for the same ball. It's the same mistakes we've been making almost since Warburton came in, um, which is which is ridiculous when you think about it. It's centre half is an area where I think every Ranger supporter will tell you after the cup final and that was at the very latest for the majority of them should have been assessed, uh, should have been sorted rather. It hasn't. I think we're looking at now whereby. <laughs> I, I get that Warburton likes Kiernan because he's worked for them before and that's understandable but for me Danny Wilson has to come back in I think Danny Wilson when he I've said this before when he wants to be as capable as a very capable centre half certainly um, in the Scottish Premiership and I think Senderos I mean you have to remember this was his first competitive game for Rangers in that atmosphere in that environment in that game it's never going to be easy I thought he did okay um, but as I say it's the same mistakes it's the, it's the not being able to um, defence set pieces, it's our centre half not being able to read the game, our distribution from the back not being good enough, our midfield not tracking runners, um, which was really evident towards the end um, and the fact that our midfield is far too slow this season I know what Johnny said I know I'm going on a bit long here, but I know what Johnny said about bringing in older players I agree to an extent, that squad needed experience but interestingly enough now I don't want to get on the back of Joey Barton because he's obviously not fit and he is a very good player and he, I think he will come good but we all said all three of us standing there in the pub watching that game going we would happily have sacrificed the wage packet that Joey Barton is on for a decent younger 
quicker centre half. Now they're not easy to come by, especially in a, apparently in the market we are in. Um, but I just think it, I mean it was so poor. It was a culmination of just everything that's wrong with that Rangers team. Um, yeah. I, I thought we started the game okay, but again, you just just some of the mistakes. Um, it's 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 really it was really really disappointing. For me, I, I look at Rangers. I think last year you had who were the bright spots from Rangers last year. Mackay was a bright spot. Waghorn was a bright Holt. spot. Holt was a bright spot. Young players who, to me, had something to prove. I look at the likes of Senderos um, and Barton and Cranshaw and Clint Hill, who was on the bench on Saturday. And I, I just think, I, I genuinely think, in the main, these guys are here as, as a final payoff. I don't, I don't think they offer as much as a hungry young player would do. It worked so well last year for Rangers. I don't see why Warburton changed it. You're saying they needed experience. I don't know if I necessarily go along with that. I think football, you didn't need experience when you beat Celtic or Dundee 4-0 last year. And that was that was when Rangers were at their best. I just think the likes of Rossiter, who you brought in, and uh, I mean, Rossiter's really impressed. Windass impressed. I've heard good things about Crooks as well. So they're clearly players. They're the kind of players Rangers should be looking to get into the team, in my opinion, as opposed to these older players. And I just think Warburton in the transfer window I can see why he did it but I just think it's backfired terribly I just think the likes of Senderos Barton and Cranshaw don't offer nearly as much as the likes of Windass or uh, or Holt or something like that would I think we're playing a system right now that doesn't suit them um, I've said it I think we're balanced for a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-5-1 depending on how you look at it I think those players will have good options if we change the system the, that's the thing that worries me Warburton is it's not even reluctant. He just refuses to change the system. Yeah. Even when we were was, was it th- was it three one when Senderos got sent off four one three one three one three one. Yeah, we went to a three. Aye, the equivalent of uh, my, my you, brain's. You finished one. up with Barton and Wallace as your your centre back. and Mackay was playing <laughs> left back. It's I mean that that was a point where it was like right, let's just maybe just batten down the hatches a wee bit, keep it tight. We'll see what we can mm. do. Now I I wouldn't ever. And actively encourage Clint Hill to be brought in, brought on in any Rangers game. But I think if I mean, what's the point if if he's there and he's not going to be used? Mm. I think I get these sound bites we're getting that it's not good enough and it will change and stuff. And I'm in no way comparing Mark Warburton's managerial ability to Ali McCoy's because it's just not. It's just on another planet. But we hit, we've been here before this wake up call type thing. It was every second week. You had your Ricky Fosters and your. Nicky was and Kenny McDill coming out and saying that like this result was a wake up call. This has to. I mean, if, I, I said it. I've said it. I think about a hundred times since Saturday. If that doesn't fire them up, if that result, that performance, everything to do with Saturday doesn't fire them up, then we're in trouble. And I think. I mean, I could go on longer than this, but obviously this isn't just the the old firm show. So um. it's more than just Warburton, but though I think it's just what the, the club as a whole almost because. Um, there is no scouting at Rangers, really. I mean, that's why they've been forced to buy, you know, Senderos and uh, your Kranzkars and, and players like that, because they are having to go down south to buy the majority of their players. But it worked last year, though. I it, think they were more, they were more Warburton signings, but Tavernier has been a success at Rangers. Wycorn's been a success at Rangers. But then they were also playing in a division last year. Well, that, is, so. that is another point in that last year, you look at the big games Rangers had. Hibs away conceded two the first time Hibs the next time conceded three Hibs in the final conceded three um, Falkirk conceded two and three away from home They were in the hardest, harder games Ray three conceding goals in these games And at the higher level when you're playing against 
players like Dembele and even players at clubs who you don't rate that highly like Chris Boyd in the game the last time and like uh, Scott McDonald who scored against Rangers as well you get punished at, in the Premiership level for making these mistakes um, an interesting point that was made I think on Super Scoreboard I think on Saturday that said um, at 3-1 down that there was an attitude of Warburton where someone said that uh, 3-1 is just as bad as 5-1 you might as well go for it that doesn't work in an old firm game because 5-1 is totally different to 3-1. Johnny, I mean, do you think Warburton didn't quite grasp that part of the old firm game that losing 5-1 is much worse than 3-1? Because, to be honest, looking back now, I think if you gave him another chance to batten down the hatches at 3-1 and take probably a 3-1 defeat, he probably would. It's a difficult one because I suppose I get what you're saying, like in any normal game, you might as well go for it. But the fact that he's, they're down to 10 men, I think what Fisher was saying about... I just I don't know why he's not brung on taking on a an actual centre half when he's got Hill there on the on the bench. Um and he's playing Wallace at centre half. If he'd moved Wallace to full back and played Hill at centre half, was he he must have not been out of subs, right? It's just No, I don't know at that point we hadn't used all our subs. So it's confusing that he wouldn't sorta and of, I, I understand what you're saying, but maybe He's, he's, it is his first sort of league. But then, if you brought game, if, you, if so. you brought on Clint Hill, would that not be a sign that you know we're going defensive know, here I, and that I the game's over type thing? You know? But it was over. But sorry, it was, yeah. But particularly with the starting lineup, I admire Warburton's ethos of attacking because I would and I would probably much rather have that than have mm. your McLeish or you know not Smith, not Walter Smith because Walter Smith tactically was very good at going to places like Parkhead and getting results, but. In terms of McLeish, we'll sit back and we'll just wait for them to score. I I I admire the fact that Warburton went there and didn't change the philosophy, and I I support him. I'm fully behind Mark Warburton. I think anybody at this point that is has a doubt, I I, I get the criticisms, but anybody that actively wants him out of that managerial job is just completely mental. And I think they need to realise in context what this man, his staff, and what the board as a kind of unit have done. But that goodwill and that gesture about it's <coughs> it's aye, that's very good but what have you done for me lately mm. that will come to pass eventually I mean it, it will it doesn't matter how, how, how many people want to support mm. Warburton the fans will turn um, and it's so vitally important I know this isn't the preview show but that we that on Saturday against Ross County that we win that game and we win it convincingly and we see something and I think there's a there's two or three players there uh, that that don't deserve a place in that starting squad uh, mm. team at the moment. An interesting one indeed. Let's hear from Mark Warburton after that game at Celtic Park on Saturday. Mm. We've got to look at it in terms of the first half. We were we were bright first 20 minutes. It was an even nip and tuck game, which we expected, and we wanted to keep the crowd quiet. And um, I thought we were comfortable first 20 minutes. Um, give away a cheap goal, which frustrated us in terms of expanding the box in the corner and um, didn't deal with that. Then a, a loose pass, but then we got the goal back. We got the goal back before half-time and at 2-1 we were saying to ourselves we weren't nowhere near our best but come out nice and bright and we did that second half. After the first 12-15 minutes um, I thought we'd pick up the second ball, looked very positive, looked to move the ball quickly. Barry had the chance we curled it just wide of the far post and I said to David we're in good shape here. Um, and then I say yeah, get stupid. From our attack we give a ball away and it's 3-1. That's Now we've got an uphill struggle. Mark Warburton there, uh, we'll finish just with Celtic, um, Lewis, it has been, you kind of run out of words at this stage, it's yeah. been a, a wonderful start, 4-1 against Aberdeen last time out, 5-1 now against Rangers, beating Hearts and St Johnson away from home as well, um, 
it's looking like a, a foregone conclusion that Celtic are going to win the Scottish Premiership this season. Yeah, I, I think you can you can say that with a degree of confidence. Given certainly given the kind of tough start, you know that we have been given. You know, Hearts away, Aberdeen, um, you know Rangers, St Johnson away. I mean, these that's as tough as it gets, really, if you yeah. think about it. Uh, and we've passed. You know, we've got you know maximum points of all those games. So uh, logic would tell you that against you know the. Uh, the other teams in the division that we you know we, we should be uh, getting similar amount of points against them as well and I think you know it'll be interesting to see how the how the kind of Champions League can affect it all and whatnot I don't think it will have too much of an effect in the league but um, certainly uh, you can't get a better confidence booster than than what was a sublime performance on, on Saturday for the game on, uh, on Tuesday dominant I thought that. Um Defensively, our organisation to press the game was was at a real high level. We stopped them playing. They're good, good team Rangers. And also, when we couldn't win it back early, we were able to drop in, and the second goal comes from that. I'm happy for 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 the team and for us that we got the the three point first, and and for the fans that we we've won the game. And and for me too, you know, I was the day since the day I signed for Celtic, you know, I was waiting for for, for this time to play to play my first Ultram game, and and today everything went well. Yeah. Yep, Brendan Rodgers and Hatrick hero Moussa Dembele there. I believe we're saying goodbye to Callum Fisher now. Thanks very much, Callum, right, um, for joining us in the main. You are away now, um, and we will move on to the other action. I don't know if you guys want to grab a mic each now, uh, talking to Callum Scott and Johnny Clark, seeing as oh, Callum has yeah. uh, vacated us, or vacated the premises. Uh, we'll move on to a team who are now in second place in the Premiership. That team, of course, is Heart of Midlothian. They beat Hamilton 3-1 on Saturday at 3 o'clock. However, they did have a bit of a scare, Johnny. Yeah, I think, um, yet again, it was a case of us maybe underestimating Hamilton a little bit, or so it looked like to begin with. Um, Ali Crawford, again, I, I believe it was, scored at the uh, scored at Ibrox now at Tyne Castle. And uh, it looked like it was going to be a good day for, uh, for Hamilton, but Hearts... Showing a bit of grit and determination, which I don't think they've really, when they've gone behind, they've sort of struggled at times. So I think that was pleasing to see for, because I mean they've controlled games. I mean we've seen them smash Inverness about, and but when they go behind, I almost I almost fear for them. I'm worried if they've worried to see if they've got goals in them, but they seem to now, um, with Salmon, Watt, etc., Nicholson, Walker. Um, obviously we'll come on to the, the controversies of it later on but it's a it's a very good win for Hearts yeah I have got here Walker sorry not Walker what penalty shout question mark Nicholson dive I've not seen any of the action so fire away guys uh, I'll take it I'll say the referee got both calls wrong yeah I think what it's his own fault that he doesn't win the penalty because I don't know why he's it's a clear foul but he throws his arms up in the air I mean, I would look at that from a ref and say, "Is it? It should be a penalty." But I'm also I'm not wanting to give you it because you've acted like such a philistine. Like he's just <laughs> lobbed himself. Like there's there's no need for it. But then in terms of the, I think the Nicholson one, I can see why he's mm. given it. But it's a dive, I think personally. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm just looking at the league table at the moment. Something that springs out to me: the amount of goals been scored in our league is massive this year. And yet that's shown in the goals conceded by teams as well, because obviously for every goal that's conceded, someone else needs to have scored against them. Celtic and Hearts and Dundee are the three teams with the best records. 
and they've all conceded five goals in five games, which suggests a goal a game. So it's interesting. Hearts, as I said, just they have that record, Callum. Um, they've conceded five goals in five games. They're scoring goals, though, which is vital to them. But how much of a worry is that? They're also shipping quite a few. Um, yep, I, I agree with you there. But to kind of go on for what Johnny was saying, it actually hits the nail on the head for me, was that I hearts at the start of the season, you know, like, can I give them a wee bit? Well, me personally, I kind of was a bit harsh on them considering the start they had. But I was thinking, that, well, if they want to be where they are, they need to kind of pick up points in these kind of games, i.e. the Celtic game. And obviously they've done well to go to Pataudry and get a draw. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they kicked on and they demolished Inverness. Um, but Hamilton was a massive result in so many ways. Don't get me wrong, it's still a game you expected Hearts to win. But for them to go a goal down, and go a goal down as well in the second half, it wasn't like they mm. had the full... Uh, like it wasn't like they were down 1-0 after 25 minutes and then came out second half like they were down like they had no more team talk you know what I mean that was all their own initiative and substitutions that changed there was nothing Robin Nielsen couldn't have brought the, the boys back in and give them another pep talk to get them back into the game so that was all of their own accord to turn that game round uh, which I thought was a massive result um, and like I say they thoroughly deserved the victory but it could have been a different game if Tony Watt wasn't such a clown in the first half and, and they just went down graciously I think that if they maybe scored the penalty they could have won the game more comfortably but again also credit to Hamilton I thought they obviously competed with Hearts um, until you know Hearts kind of just get the finger out and turned it on a bit and uh, obviously I think that was the key substitutions with Nicholson come on I thought he was terrific and to be honest as well but bias aside I thought Robbie Muirhead done very well for Hearts when he came on as well Hearts sitting second in the league, Lewis, 10 points from five games, three wins, one draw, one loss. The draw and the loss coming away to Aberdeen and at home to Celtic. Very unforgiving games. Um, sitting second in the league, doing really nicely, three wins on the bounce. Are they the best place to challenge Celtic? Um, I think, I, I, I suppose at this point you have to say yes. Um, I do still feel Aberdeen will start kicking on a bit. Eventually, um, Rangers as well. I know, obviously, get completely hammered um, at the weekend. Um, but I think, I think they will come onto a game eventually as well. Um, so it, it's tough to say at the moment. But I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, in the first game against Celtic, you know, very unlucky not to get at least a point in that game. Um, they could be going, you know, they could have been unbeaten at this point in the season. So um, could also have beaten Aberdeen if Tony Watt had yeah. smacked, smacked the bar, yeah. of course, late on there. I, I think Hearts are Hearts are a brilliant side, and I've mm. said it all along. I don't know, I'm kicking myself, and I don't know why I tipped them for fourth in the the league at the start of the season. We all did. I guess I just thought they wouldn't quite be as good as Rangers and Aberdeen. Maybe I, I overestimated how good Rangers and Aberdeen are. It's a long season, we're only five games in, but I, I think Hearts are quite nicely placed to, to really get get second place or certainly challenge for it. I think they're I think they're almost a complete team at that level. Uh, I'm just about to say, because I've not really talked about Hamilton yet, um, I've got a week and a theory about them. Um, I don't know, I'm us up a wee bit, but... Um, Last year, obviously, you know they had a really good start to the year, start to the season, you know, winning games and stuff like that, and that, that actually can probably save them, I think, at the end of it. A similar kind of case the year before as well, although the the, the run was a lot longer, I think. Um, this year, you know, they're performing great. There's no doubt about it, but they're not getting the results. Um, and you know, if they do have a kind of traditional kind of drop off, kind of midway through the season, and 
towards the rest of the season, they don't have the points from the start of the season to kind of back them up that will save them. So, mm. um, although I think they do deserve credit for the performances recently, um, I would maybe be a wee bit worried that they're not getting the results from these performances. Yeah, for Hamilton, hundred percent, it's it, points mean more than performances. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because as we said about Hearts at the start of the season again more talking about me specifically here I was a bit hard on them but they were playing well when you knew that Hearts were going to kick on assuming you know Aberdeen are probably got to get better in Rangers as well for that matter but Hamilton like you're thinking if this is them playing at their best then where are the points going to come from No I completely go along with that you look at the Hearts team um, that played against Hamilton it's not the kind of game you'd probably expect Hamilton to get anything from of course they've been to Ibrooks, got that point in the opening day again. Another point you wouldn't have expected to get them to get. It's the games they almost are playing that they're expected to get something in the likes of Kilmarnock at home that they lost that they arguably shouldn't have yeah, lost. Yeah. Um, that are the kind of games that you worry for them. I I think I think Hamilton will be all right this season, and I think they'll be all right because of the attitude they've got against the better teams and in the majority of games they are actually underdogs you only really got probably home to Kilmarnock home to I don't know Inverness or Partick Thistle even that they'll be not even favourites in those games it'll be kind of nip and tuck so everyone under underestimates them and I think they're a much better team than they're giving credit for they're also out of the League Cup which is probably pretty handy um, they're not going to go far in the Scottish Cup famous last words but I don't think they will so I think they've only really got the league to focus on if they can turn New Douglas Park into a little bit of a fortress which is maybe slight signs already getting a win this season at home to Ross County uh, before the international break that they might do that I think Hamilton will pick up enough points not only to not finish bottom but I think they'll they'll be out of the relegation place as well I think they'll be 10th or better this season Hamilton um, but it was defeat for them of course on Saturday 3-1 to Hearts um, Celtic Hearts Rangers top 3 who's 4th place I don't think that I, I think Aberdeen will still be in the top no sorry three. who's 4th place right now Johnny oh right sorry um, Ross County because we're going to Ross County now <laughs> um, and how have they managed to be in fourth place because they've had they've had a good start to the season but they've not they've won two of their five games they've also lost two and they find themselves in fourth place ahead of the likes of St Johnson and Dundee and Aberdeen and Motherwell they got a one-all draw with the latter team there Motherwell um, I believe it's the first draw in Dingwall since March the 25th 2014 Start of the week there. Who, who was who was that game against? Was it Aberdeen? I think it was Aberdeen. Aberdeen, I think that yeah. Was right. We think. Yeah. Yeah. So so the draw for Ross County. What what do we make of this game? It's another one that I've unfortunately not managed to get my eyes on yet. <laughs> <laughs> to get the words out, um, they were just like to go a goal up, and again you just must think keep going on about this kind of second half thing. But Ross County got one 0 um, where I don't know, I, I can't remember the exact time of the goal, but it was the second half, a f- decent crack in the second half. You expect them to see out the game for there. They're unfortunate in that Schalke gets a goal disallowed. Rightfully so, though, he's offside, but obviously, had that been in, it's, it's game set and match for Ross County, probably going to win by more uh, had it not been for an offside flag. But I think, I wouldn't be, of course, not worried they're sitting in fourth place, but I think they need to. S- if they want to compete in the top six, they need to see out games like that. If you've got to go up 1-0 at home in the second half, you've got to be able to see out the game. And it was, a, I think, a stupid penalty to give away as well, to be honest. And um, 
I said, no, positive as well as Boyce keeps scoring. I mean, he's just had an absolutely yeah. unbelievable start to the season. He's always been a terrific player. Then. We were close to signing him a few years ago and he couldn't prove his fitness. So how I wish we <laughs> we could have signed him now because he's just an absolute... In my opinion, uh, outside Griffiths, I'd say he's the best striker in the league. Maybe it's, a, it's a big statement, mm-hmm. but the way he's playing at the moment and not just that, though, it's not as if this is a fluke he's going through. He's scored goals since he's come to the country, even... It really kind of started during that great revival of late season mm. before last when he, I remember we were at St Mirren Park when I think he scored a hat-trick that night, his first for mm. Ross County, I think since then he's certainly scored a couple more. How many more. hat-tricks has he scored? He's scored even loads. that's ridiculous, yeah, I mean it's not common anymore to score yeah, bundles of hat-tricks and he's he, scored a few. He's very good, he's a very good footballer and he's the kind of player that Ross County will be looking upon Johnny to get into the top six. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were finished. I know, I wasn't there. sure either, to be honest, but go for it. I think Ross County will finish in the top six, I'll, I'll say that, if they can keep a hold of Boyce. I was actually, I, we didn't really hear any, anything about him leaving in the uh, in the summer, which is a good thing, because obviously they've lost Jackson Irvin to, I think he's actually doing well at Burton, um, scoring a couple of goals, so he's a good player. It was important um to keep him uh, certainly and to keep him scoring I think it's a bold statement saying he's uh, best outside Griffiths but maybe if you I suppose Dembele's only been here a couple of weeks but if you I would I'd probably go along with it actually I think I'm trying to think at other strikers it was a bold statement you've obviously got Adam Rooney who's a remarkable goal scorer but I don't mm. see obviously at the moment don't, don't get me wrong this is no me taking in away for Adam Rooney because he's a terrific striker always has been always scored goals always will be yeah <laughs> but I, who would I rather have in, in my team I'd always have Boyce Boyce will give you Boyce will score all kind of goals like mm. Rooney's a poacher which obviously isn't a bad thing he scores goals but Boyce can get a goal out of absolutely nothing like he can score for 30 yards he can mm. score for 3 yards you go back to the one in the, the Highland Derby yeah. that first touch and the way he smacks uh, in that, mm, so that's been one of my goals of the season so far he's a proper footballer yeah. uh, Motherwell inconsistent probably the, the word to describe them Lewis uh, good result for them but where do you think they sit overall are they a top half team do you mean the table that's now? Or? No, I know. No, like the table in front of me, mate. Eighth at the moment. I predicted them for eighth, and I predicted Ross County for ninth, so I've pretty much got <laughs> these two teams kind of neck and neck. Each what other. what um, do Motherwell have that Ross County don't? Um, a brilliant manager, Mark McGee. His <laughs> tactics are uh, outstanding. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I'm not really too sure, to be honest with you. I just, I didn't really fancy County this year for whatever reason. I just thought that losing guys at Jackson often probably um, it would kind of hamper them a wee bit but um, you know just what you were saying I mean Boyce has just been excellent and I think uh, even going uh, on Saturday to Rangers that defence you know I think Boyce is going to be like, tailor made for, for that game I really do I think yeah. it's absolutely excellent very interesting that game. game that isn't it that yeah. could be the, the game of the weekend how will Rangers respond it's third against fourth as well it's You've the first time they've ever um, pl- Ross can ever played uh, or ever played at Ibrox full mm. stop in the history Was so, not, are they not the only team apart from Edinburgh City yeah and the SPFL that's crazy Uh, pretty pretty incredible yeah so that is just looking at the league table at the moment Ross County are sitting in fourth place which sounds brilliant seven points they could easily well not easily but they could end up in 11th on Saturday if they get a bit of a doing and Inverness win and the likes of Hamilton Motherwell Aberdeen Kelly Dundee St Johnson pick up points so I mean the league is just like I know it's only five games gone but Celtic and Hearts apart 
there's five points separating the rest of them and that's with Partick having a game in hand at the bottom so basically kind of four points separating the rest of them it's, it's incredible stuff um, early on in the season Aberdeen big missed opportunity for them on Saturday Johnny they dropped more points against mm. Inverness we said it was a game uh, that Richie Foran seemed to fancy certainly after uh, the last victory against St Johnson he came out straight away and said he was looking forward to getting back after the international break going to Pataudry um, and he was a bit disappointed after the game that they didn't get more than a point I think it's uh, I haven't watched the sports scene highlights there was one highlight in the first half and it was Aberdeen ah, yeah, was I think it was actually a finesse chance and um, the f- second highlight was Aberdeen's goal so there was obviously not much in the game at all and uh, maybe Inverness are a little bit disappointed because they've, they've got this sort of hoodoo over Aberdeen where I think they got seven points off them last season at a nine. Obviously, they finished in the other half of the table, so they just played the three games and they've got one now, so that's four undefeated against them and that's going back to uh, 14-15, so it's, it's an incredible record they've got against Aberdeen. Um, and maybe one that sort of would hamper Aberdeen going forward as well. That Ian Viger's goal, stunning. Terrific strike, absolutely. <coughs> well, that's all you can really say about it. Absolutely remarkable strike for Viger's. He's obviously got that in his locker. I mean, it's not really surprised when I seen that it come up that Viger's had scored. I had a impression it would have been a terrific strike and what it was and let's say it's, it's good that Inverness have actually got that kind of option um, as I said when they obviously got their victory uh, before the international break they were very scrappy um, but they would have been happy to get three points out of a game where they weren't exactly at their best but equally as good to have a player like Vigers to score an absolute topper like that you know just out of absolutely nothing it's great and hopefully well for Inverness they'll be hoping that well, there's two absolutely brilliant results in the bounce and hopefully they can keep going with that and it was a remarkable <laughs> press conference for uh, Richie Ford and I was yeah. very surprised with what he was actually coming out with. We'll, we'll um, play it now, we'll hear the two managers and see what they both had to say. First, Derek McInnes. We approached second half, thought the players were excellent and they came out of the traps. Um, we started being far more aggressive, more positive with our passing. I thought we caused Inverness all sorts of problems. We scored a brilliant goal through Wee Nile and... Uh, we had two or three opportunities to get the second goal. I thought we were really on the front foot then, but you know I do feel that uh, we allowed you know the equaliser to come. I'm disappointed to be honest. I thought Aberdeen were there for the taking. They'd probably say the same about us. I thought defensively all over the park we were magnificent. But attacking wise going forward, I thought the poorest we've been, uh, and I've told them that. Maybe in a few hours, maybe in a day or two, I'll, I'll be quite happy with the point. But at the moment, uh, I'm not. Am I the only one that's really starting to quite like Richie Foran? It's the accent, I think. I thought he was yeah. quite, he was, his interviews, Soothing. he's very, they're, they're strange interviews. The way he speaks is different to any other manager. But I'm, I'm starting to quite like him, I really hope he succeeds. Because right. I think I think he's got a good team there. And his last two results are, are good results, beating St Johnson, drawing at Pataudry. Well, it was a, let's say, as I was going on, his interview was a total breath of fresh air. I mean, how many yeah. other managers in the league bar Brendan Rodgers? Maybe Mark Warburton, yeah. we'll see what happens with that, but uh, would that come away for a point at Pataudry and you snatching a point kind of thing, well, you equalising and saying, oh, I'm disappointed with that, yeah. you know what I mean? Every other manager in the league would be raving about getting a point up there, uh, obviously it's not exactly up there for them, but you know what I mean, but uh, <laughs> but no, it was a, a breath of fresh air and even though I think I tipped Inverness for either relegation or playoffs, I did say that they would be a kind of fighting team mm. and I think I've been 
correct with that minus their performance at Tynecastle. I'm having my old struggle again where I can't relegate a team. Well, I've I've got my relegated team, um, but I can't think who else is going to be down there. It could be easy four or five teams. I couldn't tell you who. who I, I just I, I think Inverness will be alright. I think Hamilton will be alright. Partick Thistle might be a team that down there. Um, and we'll leave it at that will we because I think uh, your side in my opinion will be down there as well but then again we'll come on to them in a wee second Um, in terms of Aberdeen Lewis uh, failure to capitalise on the Rangers result disappointing however Rooney McGinn and Hayes did all start Um, Johnny Hayes good mate of Richie Foran of course Foran a bit gutted that um, Hayes was starting making his return but those are three massive players yeah. and Aberdeen are at the best when they've got those three the other one Wes Burns I think is a, yeah. a cracking player as well uh, he's been excellent really good signing I think for them but um, yeah just to kind of reiterate what Johnny was saying earlier on I mean Inverness are Aberdeen's kind of bogey team to be honest um, so but then I think you know they have obviously brought in players to kind of combat the kind of physicality of sides like uh, Cali this year they brought in O'Connor I think O'Connor started defensive midfielder this game Um and you know they still couldn't get the result. Hayes was playing as well. They still couldn't get the result. Um, so, although you know you can use the argument of well, you know uh, they're not you know they struggled against Inverness last year, and and you know to be fair they have had a pretty uh, tough kind of couple of games, a tough start to the league. Uh, I think they'll need to start kicking on now. Um, I think for Aberdeen it's just as is a case of you know what did it want this year? Um, is the ambition to be you know second place and to get a cup? Um, is there going to be progression for Aberdeen this year? Because um, at the moment, I don't see there being any way that they'll they'll get the title. I probably got along with yeah. that. I'm not going to argue that in any way. Partick Thistle nil, St Johnson two. St Johnson move up to fifth place and see it quietly. But Partick Thistle are bottom of the league. They do have a game in hand, but it is against Celtic. So those kind of two points there as well. Um, St Johnston. They're a team who have had a difficult run at the start of the season. This was their, maybe their first, maybe apart from Inverness, their first real winnable game looking at the way their season started. Um, and it's it's the end of a difficult run and they're, they're looking back up the table, fifth place, their position, basically. Yeah, well, um, it, was a, it was a very good result for St Johnson. Um, but in terms of like Partick, I didn't realise how... Well, I didn't even realise we were bottom of the league until I watched the sports scene. I actually thought they had a half-decent start to the season, but mm. it just shows how quick results can change. Because, I mean, we're talking about how unlucky they were against Hearts before the international break. can see their last kick of the ball goal. They're sitting bottom of the league. How many points of drift are they away for Kilmarnock? Because next yeah. week, this week, well, they're, they're, they're two behind Kilmarnock, one behind Inverness. So, if we win on Saturday, I know, as, as Calum said, this isn't the preview show, but if we win on Saturday... Um, Patrick Thistle are five points adrift for us, which isn't a healthy position for them to be in, considering we should be around about the same kind of level. Um, but for me, almost kind of similar to Hamilton, Patrick Thistle were playing some great football on Saturday. They created numerous chances, just couldn't put the ball in the net. I thought they created chance after chance, and St Johnson were just clinical. Uh, two good finishes, actually, for Stephen Anderson and Stephen McLean. I think everyone's kind of expecting like, Patrick Thistle to be this kind of surprise package and I know, I know I was personally and I know quite a lot of folk as well kind of thought this but I think they've definitely been hampered by the kind of the teams have been given you know it has been a tough start but I think this game at home you know I don't really know if you should be losing any game 2-0 at home to be honest with you even if it is against St Johnston who are you know obviously a very competent side um, they've got to be very disappointed I think by this result and as you said you know they did have chances to um, 
to, to score goals in a game, to at least get something from the game and, and didn't, didn't come to fruition. Is it just a tricky start, Johnny, or are we more worried than that about Thistle? Personally, I think it's just been a tricky start because they've been away up to Pataudry, they've had uh, Hearts down at uh, Farhill, um, St Johnston as well, and uh, they won their other game, Inverness. which was at home to Inverness. So mm-hmm. I do think... I know they would obviously have been hoping for better, but it's been a very tricky start. And you factor in they've got Celtics, obviously their game in hand. So once they've played that, they'll they'll just be looking for Rangers, and they'll have played the the top four teams. Um, I don't think there's any need to worry for Partick, and I, I think they'll be I think they'll be okay this season. I still think Inverness. I said from the start, I think they'll they'll be the team that will finish bottom, and I'll I'll stick by that for just now anyway. Fair play. Final game was Dundee against Kilmarnock. Um, this game means that Dundee are down to sixth place, drop points. They're in sixth place. Kilmarnock, tenth place with five points, only a point behind Dundee. Callum, have you seen much of this game? Um, obviously, I've just seen the highlights and uh, obviously read the forums vigorously, kind of mm. <laughs> seeing what I'd missed, but. Um, a good end of the day, a good point for us. Um, Dundee, I mean, the draw specialist, of course. Yep. We'll start. We'll start with them because they are a team who, if they can turn these draws into wins, they will be contender for fifth place, fourth place, maybe even. And they've had games like to Hamilton at home. Saturday's another one. They could arguably have lost as well, but they could have won the game on Saturday. Um, their other draw as well, which I can't even think, but even the game they lost against Rangers, they could have got a point. So they're a team who are close to getting results. And they're still sitting sixth, but they could maybe. It's a kind of story of it could, what could have been so far for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think where they, as I always said last year, that was their biggest kind of fallback was that they were. V- when they were when they played very well, they were very good. As simple as that sounds, as in they'd never seem to pick up points when they were poor, and when their backs were against the wall, you know, like they, like, and I think up front they're still missing that. They've missed obviously, Lloyd's done okay, Hemmings and Stewart obviously massive losses for them, particularly Hemmings, but I don't see a striker there that's like. A, a poacher, I know earlier on I was just saying how good it is to have a striker like Boyce who's all round top player but they don't seem to have MD there that will nick them a goal like, even El back to get his first goal yeah he did get his first goal but that's what I'm saying as well I don't see El back to like, like I don't see him being a poacher and grinding them out results and you know, winning headers in the box and that to like Exactly, they don't have like somebody like we've got like Chris Boyd, well Koulibaly even to an extent scored the goal out of nothing. But like they, they don't have somebody like that for me that's got to get a goal from absolutely nothing. It sounds ridiculous the way I'm going on because I'm not even in that predicament yet. But I think they're missing a goal scoring striker like a proper good prolific uh, fox in the box type player. Mm. I actually don't think people maybe realise just how big a blow Hemmings leaving was for Dundee. People could talk about Stuart and stuff like that. And um, last year, I know he's, he was <laughs> nominated for Player of the Year, I think, um, last year, kind of bizarrely, because, considering maybe he started the year. But I think Hemmings in particular is just such a huge loss for them because, I mean, you know, it's not something like more than 20 goals he got last year. For a team like Dundee, I mean, it's almost impossible to replace that, you know, goal tally. So I think, you know, it was they were always going to struggle. I think when they lost and the players of that caliber, um, you probably are just hoping that El Bakhtiri does kind of 
start you know scoring goals but at the end of the day I mean the guys you know had a pre-season I mean he, he isn't really fit so it might, might take him a while to you know get him up to full match fitness and, and start you know getting goals and getting kind of confidence from that yeah. Yeah, and a special mention, of course, to that Suleiman Kilimali goal, early contender for goal of the season, probably, yeah. Johnny, yeah. That's a fantastic goal, and I've always been a big fan of Kilimali. I was actually saying earlier, this was the, the two goal scorers are two of my favourite players. Personally, I love, I've loved El Bakhtui from, from Dunfermline. I, I he, actually, he himself quite likes an overhead kick as well. I've seen him score a stunning overhead kick, which probably even topped um, Kulabali's at Somerset Park last season, so... He's obviously been learning from the best, Kulabali. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. A 1-1 draw there at Dens Park. Dundee 1, Kilmarnock 1. That is your Premiership lot. Moving to the Championship. Uh, Hibernian got their fifth win in a row. A 1-0 win away to Dumbarton. Um, hearing some of the comments, I think, from Neil Lennon after the match, it seemed to be the message was that um, it was a very tough game. And he saw why Hibs had lost there twice at the Rock last season. He saw... What Dumbarton brought to the game, um, but I think it showed. I don't know if you guys agree. What's different about Hibs this year that they're not going to drop as many points because that was a big victory. It's five wins out of five. He's been manager of the month announced yesterday. Player of the month went to Jason Cummins, who got the goal on Saturday. From right and saying so, is that right? Yeah, it was a penalty. It was a penalty yeah, yeah. Um, it's all quite rosy for Hibs at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we kind of discussed in the podcast the other week ago uh, about you know. Talking about the Barton, the kind of poor record they've got at the Barton uh, last year, and how you know, with Lennon in there, there's almost a kind of a kind of change in mentality, a, a more kind of winning mentality that has been attached to Hibs this year. Um, so yeah, a very very impressive win. I think even more so considering the goal was so early and they'll kind of hold hold on for the win for for that long. Do we see any trouble, Callum, ahead for Hibs? Have of course gone out the. The Betfred Cup to Queen of the South are actually the nearest rivals in the Championship at the moment, but you look probably more at the likes of Dundee United and Falkirk, who are going to probably challenge them the longer the season. Do any of them have enough to challenge Hibs over the course of the season? Of course, the, the what these teams are good enough to challenge Hibs, but I just think Hibs are far too good. I just exactly just going for what Lewis was saying. Totally agree. Nail on the head again. Just that Hibs, I just I. Can't see them dropping points anywhere just now. Like, they just are just winning for fun, and it's like I say, it's been le- bringing in Lennon has just been an absolutely remarkable appointment. It's like nobody even spoke about enough about how big an uh, incentive it was for them to bring in somebody like him. Yeah. And like I say, I think that Hibs will win the title very comfortably. Three clean sheets as well Johnny Dumbarton, Morton, and. Uh, someone else that they kept a clean sheet against I can't quite remember um, St Mirren as well was it aye St Mirren um, yeah. Hibs their scoring goal scored 11 only conceded 2 they're, they're just looking too good for that league almost yeah I would agree um, and there's far more consistency there like you say last season they dropped uh, 6 points away at Dumbarton they maybe they would have struggled again they conceded a lot of goals maybe we were at the games against Falkirk and I just couldn't see that happening with Lennon in charge, mm. like throwing away a with a two 0 up in that game, and they and they f- threw it away. Two 0 up with five minutes to go, and yeah, they still didn't I, win it. When, I just don't think it would happen with Lennon in charge. I think they would comfortably see that. Out. I think they were even against ten men that night. They were. Was, yeah, <laughs> they were. so I just I don't know. It's, it was just this whole like hipster sort of image, and it's just gone now. I, it's I gone after the cup win. The cup as well, win, I think. and now this appointment, which is like. 
like Callum was saying, it's been spectacular and so successful. It should be spoken about more. Um, the work that's gone on at that club's been mm. remarkable. Because you look at the team that won the cup, they're now going to they're going to be walking. They'll still be walking ten foot tall in Edinburgh. They'll, they're heroes now. Mm. You've seen all of this stuff. Um, that's happened since we were talking about earlier that the fans are still milking it they're still loving it it's almost as if this season is an irrelevance to Hibs because of course it's not but because last year they won the cup the big one and added to that they've brought in Grant Holt and uh, Andrew Shinney um, and the other one who hasn't been talked about as much friend of the show Graham uh, Andrew Graham up top um, who has has been brilliant apparently really good Mm. like he scored goals for fun in the championship previously um, and he, he looks like another really good bit of business. One that I kind of looked at and I went, is that is that really the kind of sign is he's not he's not going to displace Cummins in the team? Is he even going to displace Grant Holt in the team? But he, apparently he's been absolutely excellent coming off the bench in games, changing games that are maybe struggling slightly in. Um, and he's another good bis- bit of business as well there, I suppose. You've got to couch everything I've said, though, about Hibs running away with the league by mentioning Queen of the South, who have got 13 points. From their start to the season, they're probably the team of the season so far. Lewis, of course, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely say so. They've definitely been the kind of surprise package of that league. I don't think anyone really uh, predicted them doing it well. I think actually quite a lot of folks predicted them to be really kind of far down the bottom of the end of the table. They, um, they won 3-1 in Paisley on Saturday. Is that the result you saw coming? It was, yeah, I did say that. I of said course um, they'd win very <laughs> comfortably. Um I, I put it on my, I put, on my, put them on my kipping as well, but it was the only one that came up. My kipping was a complete disaster on Saturday. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I think we, we do need to kind of talk about some in here because you know I, I, I don't know what's happened again. You know, it's been another disaster to start to the season. They still can't, you know, you know, win home games. It's um, although you know, as you said, your Queens have had a great start to the season. They're high on confidence. The, the kind of surprise package, you know, to beat three one at home, you know, I, I don't know if that's really acceptable. I think for St Mirren, I, I don't, point. I don't think it is. To be totally honest, and I think well, we all know St Mirren fans. They're probably going to be the first <laughs> ones uh, to be letting their manager know what's going on. But what is going on, Johnny? Because they they had this since he came in. Alex Ray, he done a brilliant job, and mm-hmm. um, turned them around last year. What's going on? Is it a case of? He came in last year and the only way was up. And this year, for the first time, there's a bit of expectation. I mean, you, you look at the players they had. They still had the likes mm. of um, Malin and Clarkson and Sutton, players who have experience and are good footballers as well. And they're, they're struggling back the bottom of that league. It's it's hard to, to really comprehend it. I mean, like you say, he came in and started winning home games. I think that was the real key. They needed to start performing at the Paisley 2021 stadium but they, they've they just stopped even I think they did okay actually in the League Cup and they got a couple of wins they beat Air and that um, they only just went out right. I think in that group cause did they, they go out actually because they were in the group with Hamilton, they Hamilton yeah they got knocked out on goal difference um, maybe that's put a little bit of a dent in the confidence but they didn't look great when I seen them at, at Somerset Park it was almost like a they, they were just they lacked sort of any sort of ideas. I think the boy Tom Walsh was the sort of best player they had, and he was, I think he was playing out on left and left mid, and eventually scored the goal. And they could have scored a winner in that game, to be fair. But it was all too little, too late. The football was terrible. They were just 
lumping balls up to to Sutton and, and Clarkson and hoping for the best. And it, it wasn't good enough for a for a club that everyone thought would make the playoffs. Really. So what's the resolution then, Callum? Is it under Alex Ray or is it without Alex Ray? Well, I don't want to tell MD for the sack. Cause it's no fair, but it's it's been a Alex Ray's tenure has been so strange for me. When he first came in, every day is like well, that's a stupid appointment mm-hmm. whatever Ian Murray was untested really at that kit well he'd done well with them but you know like, it was a kind of ambitious appointment didn't work out so he thought they've got to go experience they've got to bring in somebody who knows the league or has experienced the club before or whatever and they brought in Alex Ray who was largely untested and he actually ended up doing an okay job last year kind of pleasantly surprised then this season when you're like he'd done an okay job last year when nobody expected him to he's recruited fairly well this season you're expecting him to do well and as you said, they're bottom of the league, and I, I can't, I can't believe that. I, I thought they would have had a pretty good season um, under them for the reasons that I've just stated. But if he, if he is to go, if they're to sack him or he leaves in his own accord, they need to bring in somebody with experience, somebody either in the kind of war leagues of Scottish football or somebody that's a kind of has been like genuinely like the Chucky the, Scott Chucky Scott Jeremy Calderwood Jeffries any of the MD who knows the divisions <laughs> uh, but I, th- I think that if it doesn't work out with Alex Ray which is a shame because honestly it, it won me over last year um, so I think he deserves a wee bit more time but the league table doesn't lie but anyway if they were to get rid of him they need to go experience for me uh, and they need to kind of just be stable because I mean last year there was kind of threat of them get, getting relegated mm. as well under Ian Murray they, they kind of keep doing this cycle year yeah. in year out it's a very similar start to last season when you look at the way St Mirren I mean they've conceded 10 goals in 5 games they've not won 1 game they've got 2 points the only thing that's probably making them feel slightly better is that Morton only have 1 point more they've had an, an not an equally disastrous start because they've got a, a point more, but an almost as bad a start. They lost lost to Ayr, Ayr's first win. It moves Ayr up to seventh. Um, you weren't at that game, of course, Johnny, no. but from what I hear, I mean, who called it again? I called it 2-1 to Ayr. Shame that wasn't one of the prediction games this week. We'll come <coughs> on to that later on. Um, but Ayr, after a disastrous start for them after three games, they've picked up four points from the last two games at mm. home and they're starting to make Somerset a fortress. Because we're kind of writing air in with this sort of Edinburgh City thing, and I know Edinburgh haven't picked up, but Error were up to seventh now, and they're ahead of Dunfermline as well, who yeah. who got promoted last season and ran away with League One. So they're also level with Dumbarton, who we were saying a couple of weeks ago had yeah. a great start. So it's it's looking up for Error a wee bit. Yeah, it's, it's looking very much up, and like I say, I was talking about that Air um, St Mirren game a minute ago, and they were I wouldn't say unlucky because it was their own fault they conceded. It wasn't like it was a a deflection or something it was just a terrible bit of defending from a throw in but if they could if they can hold out and sort of beat these sort of teams Morton's St Mirren's Dumbarton's at Somerset Park they're going to have a, a real chance of staying up but the worry for me is that Aaron not going to take 12 points off of teams like Dumbarton and that's that's what Dumbarton have made an art of in the championship mm. sort of beating these sort of teams and at home especially we talked about them the um Taking six points off of Hibs last season, I just can't see St. Mer- uh, sorry, Air competing with teams up the top end of the championship, and I don't think they'll take enough points off of the teams around them. So I still think they'll struggle. Unfortunately, still think they'll be bottom. Yes, I still think they'll be can bottom. You, you guys think any teams that will finish below here? 
Or do you no. think air will be bottom? I still think it will finish bottom, yeah. I kind of feel the same. It's a bit. It's almost a bit kind of frustrating because I want to believe better. I just think St Mirren, as long as it may take them, I think they'll be too good uh, over the course of the season to finish bottom of the league. I think the same with Morton. Although to a lesser degree, Morton, strangely, I think mm-hmm. Morton might really struggle a bit this year. And I don't know why because they were so good against kind of Hamilton second away season in the syndrome in a way. It's a strange one. Like in the League Cup, they beat they beat you guys. They beat Hamilton as well. Thumped out. I mean, they're, they're still going in the League I, Cup. They, they were, what I say, when they played us, we were torture to be fair. But Morton still turned up, played some great stuff, and I'm like. Phew. It wouldn't surprise me for them. He push on one more this year and get into the playoffs. Like, and I thought with Jim Duffy being there and that again, it would like they were just got to go for strength to strength. But I don't know. Did, did Katongo end up leaving? Good Is question. It, I can't believe. I've Good question. I know there was there was a lot of interest from down south. I will find out for you. There's probably Morton fans just um, screaming. Um, at the Gareth will be going but I remember uh, there was an 11th hour bid or whatever for him I watched no, he, 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 he is still yeah. at Morton yeah. right um, because I know that they end up turning one a bid down for him it was from Doncaster sure was Doncaster yeah. Doncaster yeah. Yeah. Um, you but apologies to uh, friends at Capo there but no because well I suppose that's a saving grace for them because I really do tip him to be absolutely terrific this year him and Gary Oliver both impressed um, when they played against us and two very good players and young strikers as well. It's not even like, I mean, St. Murnard calling in guys like Clarkson and Sutton, who you expect to go from. Morton have got these guys, and hopefully they do kick on because I think they're a good addition to the league and they're a bigger team than a lot of teams down there as well for me. Mm. Well, another team down there, you probably bracket in with the teams that Air could possibly look at finishing ahead of. Dunfermline, they won their opening game, however, since then they've lost four in a row. That's more than any other team. In the championship so far this season, Dundee United were the latest team to beat them at East End Park on Saturday. This game, of course, probably by now you've heard, most famous for the fact that uh, Cammy Bell saved three penalties in, what, about 22 minutes 22 or something? 22 minutes, yeah. 22 minutes uh, in the, the first half at East End Park. Of course, do the maths, if it wasn't for that, Dunfermline would have won the game 4-3. Um, incredible stuff. I mean, you've probably you're the one to ask, Calm, because you've seen the things he can do. Remember you recalling some. I mean, I can recall myself some great saves he made in previous games for Kilmarnock. Um, the the one now win against Celtic springs out when he had an amazing night that night, uh, and and that kind of shows what he's got. Absolutely fantastic keeper uh, for me, Cammy Bell. Always said that. Um, treated harshly at Rangers for me. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think Fodringham it's proved to be decent enough, but I st- in my opinion, I still think Cammy Bell is a better goalkeeper. Rangers fans will probably be sitting laughing if they're listening, but honestly, do I think Cammy Bell is a terrific goalkeeper in that sums up. I mean, three saves, three absolutely terrific saves as well. Like, I know, all any from different penalties. takers as well. Yeah, I know, I know. So, uh, in, well, obviously, it surprises me, but that, when I heard he saved the first penalty, I goes, Well, that's, I, ex- well, I don't expect Cammy Bell to save penalties, but I wasn't. Somewhat surprised, but I mean, to save three penalties in a game is absolutely madness. Right? I mean, you've if you told somebody that before the game, they'd never believed you. Uh, and let's say, I hope Cammy Bell gets an, a good season under his belt because, well, that's got to do his confidence wonders anyway. Um, but his confidence with it, and I had the last couple of years whilst at Rangers, and that goes for a few players that were at Rangers during that era. Dean Shields, Cammy Bell, Nicky Law, all very good players. 
But now they've got a new start and hopefully they kick on. And uh, to be honest, I think Cammy Bell should still be targeting getting in the Scotland squad. Dundee United who beat them firmly, Johnny. They're now three unbeaten in the league. Uh, also going strong in the Betfred Cup. They've got Morton away next Tuesday, mm. I think. They are they're starting to maybe hit a wee bit of form. They're fourth in the league. Ray McKinnon starting to get stamp on his team. Yeah, I think so. I think Dundee United, if there's going to be a team close to Hibs, I think it'll be them. Um, they're maybe just too inconsistent, especially defensively. I think two of the penalties were given away by the new Dutch signing, um, who's been handballed one in the box. I think I've not actually seen it, but he's he's given away a couple of clumsy penalties. And I mean, to give away three penalties and a half is remarkably bad. But they also went down to to ten men in that game, held on for half an hour, and then nicked a goal. So, you know, they're they're showing some resilience, and I think they've got some. Some fantastic footballers on the team. Um, players, that, what's the guy's name? The sign from Kelly. I slipped my mind there. Topi. Yeah, uh, Obadai. Um, Nick van der Velden's one that's impressed me. They've got plenty of options going forward, and I think that they'll score goals in that in that championship. They just need to sort out their defensive issues. Yeah, big games coming for Dundee United as well. I believe they've got Falkirk away on Saturday, which could be a very interesting one. Falkirk themselves. Uh, just behind Dundee United in the table on seven points. They got a victory that I think, strangely, most of us saw coming against Gary Locke's Wraith Rovers. Even though Wraith, uh, up until that point, were second in the league, we all kind of thought that Falkirk would win that one. I think we all kind of still have our doubts over Locke, mm. <laughs> uh, which is a bit kind of bizarre, because I don't know, he was obviously going at a game second in, in, the, in the table. But... Um, I think Falkirk are too good a side not to kind of kick on and start, you know, winning games. Um, they had to, they had to do it at some point, you know. We, we kind of talked about this kind of bad start they had to the to the um, league campaign and how it's kind of, you know, they've not won an opening uh, fixture in, in however many years or whatever. And they, traditionally they are slow starters and stuff. So again, they did have uh, the work had to change at one point, and I th- I think um, obviously it changed here, and I think. I think folk will probably push on though. I think I think they have to really if they have do have ambitions of. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think the league titles out of their grasp, but I think certainly playoffs should be a, a realistic game for them. Yep, that is your championship lot. Hibs, Queen of the South, Wraith Rovers, and Dundee United. Your top four at the moment. Falkirk in fifth place. Moving down to League One, who's been a League One team of the year? Alawa, of course. Yeah. Who's top of the league? Breakin City. The team from nowhere, under the radar, um, and somehow, I didn't even know this, um, they've won four of their five games and drawn another one. They're unbeaten, the only unbeaten team in the league. Discuss. It's just bemusing, really, but it's obviously it's Alloa's defeat at the weekend that's, that's allowed Breakin to go top, but we've still, we've not really mentioned... Breaking, I suppose it's because of the emphatic manner of Alloa's wins and the the mm. cup what, cup run knocking um, Ross County and, and uh, Inverness, Inverness out of the cup. You so look at Breaking, the goal difference is plus five. They've won four mm-hmm. games. Alloa and Livingston both plus ten. They've won four games. So Breaking are winning games yeah. by narrow margins, but you can only get three points for a win anyway. I suppose I suppose you're right, but you'd imagine that the top two at the end would be Allo and Livingston. But you've got to give credit to to Breakin there because last season they were seriously struggling. I thought they would they would go down. Um, obviously, it ended up being fourth. But the season before that, 
Brecon were in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that they're a club that could be more ambitious. I don't. I can't see them playing in the championship, but I, I think that's more through the size of the club rather than rather than the players and the the management team that they've got. Yeah, Brecon top of the league, as we said, they beat Airdrieonians three two at the weekend. Lewis, a team that you continually talk <laughs> up, continually. Yep. Believe? Do you still think they're going to win League One? Yeah, I'm going to stick by my prediction. Um, I <laughs> sound like Hugh Keevans with that attitude. Yeah, I, I don't. I've kind of admitted that I'm pretty sure another podcast. I'm pretty sure they won't win the league. Although I will stick by my prediction and say they will. But um, I still think it's uh, Livingston's or Alas to lose. To be honest with you, um, I, I just expected Derry to be up there just because they're a full time team. I really thought like. Um, that that should you know that should be a huge advantage in a, at, at that level you know um, but for whatever reason it hasn't been a great start so far um, I still think they'll be there or thereabouts I th- I'm still very confident saying they'll be uh, at least playoffs but um, if they are targeting the league it's certainly not the, the ideal start yeah we gave Brecon City the first billing because they are top mm. of the league however the biggest match going into the weekend and reviewing it as well was at Recreation Park. Alwa lost 3-1 at home to Livingston. Callum, were you surprised by the nature of the result there for Livy? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I tipped uh, Alwa to win. Uh, didn't think they would win comfortably. You know, obviously, it was a kind of top-of-the-table clash. Um, and as you've already touched upon about how Alwa were kind of just sweeping uh, teams aside earlier on the season... But fair play to Livingston. Um, I already seen a wee bit of them, obviously against Celtic under twenties the other week there, and you know it was a absolutely fantastic result. But no, it wasn't one I seen coming, uh, especially in the manner that they won the game. Does it change your opinion, guys, when you look at League One now? Because Alloa, I think they started the league what with about eleven, ten or eleven straight wins, and in, in all competitions at the start of the season, they've now lost that first one. Do you expect to see that that bubble burst a little for for Jack Ross's side? Um, in a way, I mean, listen, this kind of amazing run they've been on, it was never going to you know, last the full season. Um, I've not actually seen Livingston, I'd like to see them this year um, before I can make a, a, a proper kind of prediction on it. But I've seen Al a few times and said, you know, they've been very, very impressive with everything I've seen them. I was completely baffled about this result. I, I couldn't believe that they were, you know, I think 3 0 down at half time, mm-hmm. I think. And, you know, that was just, to me, um, I couldn't believe it but um, yeah I, th- I think listen I'll have a good side Jack Ross is a terrific young manager um, they will be there or thereabouts and I'm you know I, I think it's going to be a really really interesting kind of tussle for that um, that top spot I, really, I still feel, feel it will be between those two teams Yep Alloa and Livingston both played five games both won four games both not drawn yet both lost one both scored 16 goals, both conceded 6 goals, um, so they both have the same goal difference of 10 and both have 12 points. Uh, so top 3, Brecon, Alloa, Livingston, 4th place is East Fife, newly promoted East Fife. They got um, a result on Saturday, a 2-0 win over Stranraer. Stranraer will come on to them in a minute, they're not very good, but um, East Fife, um, Gary Naismith, what a gaffer. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um Certainly, I, I mean, again, a lot of people maybe were predicting East Fife to do quite well, you know, confidence coming from the lower division. Um, for me personally, I didn't think, I think maybe they struggle a wee bit, but um, 
you know, they've been excellent so far. Um, certainly when I saw them um, against Alwa, I thought they were, you know, they, maybe not unlucky because I thought Alwa had the, you know, the better quality in the team. But I thought, you know, they, they, they played excellently, and I, and I did feel that um, against the kind of lesser teams in the division that they would kind of pick up points. So it's, to me, it's not surprising at all that they've uh, got the result there on Saturday, and they are so high up the table at the moment. Very interesting gap already developing between third place Livy and fourth place East Fife. Five points after just five matches. I was at Clifton Hill where Albion Rovers recorded their first victory of the league season. They beat hapless Stenhouse Muir 4-0. For anyone looking at this thinking Stenhouse Muir got an absolute doing, well they did, but... This was a game where all the goals came in the space of 15 minutes, 65 minutes gone. Speaking to Brown Ferguson after the game, he described it as almost the perfect away performance after what had gone the week before, losing seven at uh, Queen of the South. So, Steny, it was, I agreed him, it was almost a really good display. A point would have been a bad result there. It wouldn't have been a bad result there for them. They had the new boy, uh, Willett Furtado, playing in the left wing. Um, if you get a chance to see him, he's actually really, really talented player. I don't think he'll be at Senhouse Muir for very long. Um, but they lost their first goal and then they just completely capsized. They conceded four, as I say, in about, I think it was 14 minutes or something like that. Um, they also had one, the most incredible clearance off the line um, to stop it going to 4 0 at the time. But it could have been 5 0, if you know what I mean. They could have conceded five goals in that time. So it was like defending I've never seen big problems there for Brown Ferguson to have a team that played not incredibly well but they played well for 65 minutes um, and they still lost 4-0 and it was it was just um, just a bit worrying for them I think they're the only team in that league um, without, a, without a win he probably doesn't like me either I've seen them um, ship <laughs> 5 at Air United twice 3 at home at Cowdenbeath 4 against Livingston a couple of weeks ago and 4 there as well so I think that's what um 21 goals or something in five games so he's probably a bit sick of the sight of me um, but it's, it's his players fault to be totally honest um, Stenhouse Muir a bit worried for them, Albion Rovers up to 7th place with that victory and the final game a win for Peter Head, their first of the season as well against Queen's Park a result that brings them on to 4 points Queen's Park still sitting on 7, um, we're into League 2, Johnny explain the game you were at and explain some comments from a certain Arbroath manager <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, first of all, it was a it was a very entertaining game. Actually, it was a I think it was a goal apiece after twelve minutes. Um, this was Clyde Arbroath, you were Clyde Arbroath, yes. And uh, the goals didn't really look like stopping. I thought Clyde were the better team. Um, as much as Barry Ferguson doesn't seem to to like Dylan Easton very much, um, constantly. I think his comments after the game were. Uh, sometimes you just want to rip his head off and uh, I'm pretty sure the boy thinks there's two balls out on the pitch and he gets to keep one um, <laughs> those were his two comments about the boy but he's, he's fantastically talented um, and he set up the two goals it went into the break two each um, another player I was telling you about Bobby Lynn for our brofs a fantastic talent as well I think he's 30 years old but he's got legs like a, an 18 year old boy because he's, he's so quick and uh He's a great finisher as well. Um, got a wee word with him after the game, but as you're saying, Dick Campbell, <laughs> some fantastic comments from him. Um, yeah, actually, this is an actual quote from him. He said, "I don't know why the fans are shouting at me. It's not my fault." 
this from the guy who trains the players, puts the players in a formation, picks the team, tells the players how to play, changes things during the game. You know that, what's the name? Oh, the manager, yeah, that's the thing he has. I um, think it was because he was sitting in the stand. So he kind of, he's away from the action. So did, he did not make he some comment it? about... I'd, I had as much impact as the rest of the fans sitting in the stand or something to do with that kind of thing. Or am I talking rubbish? Was that after the game? No, I yeah. didn't say anything like that, but um, he, he said something about he wouldn't take his kids to the game because the, the Clyde fans were, were pretty volatile, apparently. But the Arbro <laughs> fans are, are just as bad. I think he's, he's actually slagging just everything. He was just so unhappy. <laughs> and the, the best part was when he said... Uh, Goes Barry's an honest guy. I'm sure he'll uh, come out and admit that that we were the better team. <laughs> Barry Ferguson walks out. Oh, we deserved the win, definitely. <laughs> first first words. It was just brilliant. But a good game and a, a pleasure to speak to the pair of them afterwards. Yeah, fantastic. Arbro sit in fourth in the table. Clyde up to second on ten points. Uh, Lewis, um, I uh, had a real go at you a couple of minutes ago in League One. Um, to do with Airdrionians however oh. I'm going to give you some credit now because hey. you called Forfer uh, to win League 2 something I, I disagreed with you about um, and to be totally fair to you they are sitting um, top of the league 100% record and yep. they're looking pretty good yeah but I think um, I'm justified in my decision to put them uh, top of the league but um, no, nah, I mean I'll be honest I, 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 I really had no idea who was going to win that league Um kind of going into it you know we talked about it last year how kind of close um, the league was and how you know teams will just take points off each other you know there's not really a kind of clear favourite for the league and I kind of even though you know Forfer have had a great start to the season um, I kind of still kind of stick by that I think that you know the top teams will still take points off each other you know it's still a very open league it is uh, you know whoever wants it I think can take it we saw that last year with East Fife so mm. um, certainly not a foregone conclusion but I'm happy to be proven right at uh, uh, this kind of early stage of the season yeah 4 for 100% record as I say 5 wins from 5 however every win they've had this season has come by just a single goal so maybe there's room for a little bit of improvement there for Forfar even though they have won every single game maybe that's just a wee bit harsh as well um, Berwick Rangers 2 Elgin 4 was another result Elgin in 3rd place Berwick Rangers in 5th place they've moved down a couple of places there on Saturday after that result um, Montrose 1 Cowdenbeath 2 Cowdenbeath um, as much as I've, I've kind of bemoaned them all season basically um, that is a good victory for them to be totally fair Montrose uh, I expected to be closest to Edinburgh City at the start of the season I think I've actually got them in 10th place with Edinburgh in 9th um, and I think they're looking kind of like they're going to be languishing at the bottom of the table and of course the final result our prediction game from the week Stirling Albion against Edinburgh City and Edinburgh City have the first SPFL point Johnny I'm actually really happy for them but I, I kind of thought Edinburgh would be better than this I think I actually predicted they would finish 5th or 6th but it was, this was just sort of based off the fact that they'd they'd gone over 4 four games and beaten Cove who won the Highland League and from what I know are a very very good team uh, with a bit of money and a, a few sort of ex-SPL as it was um, players and East Sterling East Sterling who were you know, an established, I think it's probably the correct word, uh, League Two club, but no, I think, I think everybody had Sterling down. And I also want to give a wee shout out to the Seven Elgin fans right. who celebrated their wee their win at uh, 
but Berwick is a is a great support for them. How how long a trip was it's it again? Eight hour round trip. Five days. You got to give that's credit to seven fans who've, who've gone, but they're probably from Berwick or something. But it's still incredible, really. Elgin fans from Berwick, I doubt it. Or they've <laughs> moved to they've moved to Newcastle or something. Mm. Okay, um, that is League 2 right there. We'll move on to our Prediction League quickly. This was the finest week of predicting since records began. Um, some wonderful scoring. Um, two games got three results correctly predicted. Dundee Kilmarnock was correct, correctly predicted by both Callums, again surprisingly, uh, and Lewis Kemp as well. Um, whereas the, what was the other game? Dunfermline Dundee United, a 3-1 win, which is quite a tricky score to predict. Predicted correctly by Matt Again, Callum Scott and Johnny. Um, Hearts Hamilton, correctly predicted by Callum again. Callum Scott. And you can know where this is going. Uh, and Connor Park as well getting that one. Connor also predicted St Johnson's 2 0 win away to Partick Thistle. Johnny predicted the 1 0 draw between Ross County and Motherwell. And Connor also predicted another 2 0 win for his own team, Falkirk, away at Wraith Rovers. Um, so, a very good week. Uh, the results are as follows uh, a bit of a fall from grace for me because I'm stuck at the bottom of this week's standings, joint with Ross Clark on four points. Matt, um, back to his old standards as well, he got five points despite correctly predicting the 3 1 win for Dundee United at East End Park. Um, Lewis, you only got six. This week, um, very disappointing for you. Callum Fisher got seven, Johnny got nine, Connor Park got 11, and leading the way this week is a certain man from Kilmarnock. Callum Scott, 12 points this week. That means that the overall standings are as follows Ross, minus a week, is bottom of the table with 22 points. Matt Finley comes next with 25, Callum Fisher, 28, Johnny Clark, 31, me. 32, Lewis and Callum Scott with 33 and top of the table running away with it a little bit like Hibs and like Forfar and like Celtic Connor Park with 39 points um, Connor Park is doing very nicely however it's not all good news for Connor because Ooh. last man standing week 5 took place at the weekend if you remember correctly Connor in week 4 predicted Rangers to beat Kilmarnock that was a draw meaning that Connor, of course, had to take Rangers again, but this time there was no safety blanket, if you like, of the draw. He needed Rangers to win. Rangers, of course, were beaten by Celtic at the weekend. Therefore, Connor Park, see you later. You're out of last man standing. On the flip side, Lewis had Celtic to beat Rangers. Um, still not a blemish in Lewis's record. Five no. straight greens, as I'm looking at it. Green bar all the way. Um, I'm the exact same because I had Hearts to beat Hamilton, and despite mm. being a bit worried for a small amount of time when Hamilton took the lead, um, Hearts have done the job, so it's now two left. Lewis and Hamish are both left. Week six, we'll get our predictions uh, on the, the Friday show or Thursday show, whenever it is, looking ahead to the weekend. But this could be the week that defines a legacy. Indeed. Are you nervous, Lewis? Um, um, no, not at all, no. I think um, I'm the most intelligent person on this podcast, so I think uh, I should win because of that. It's hotting up anyway. Yes. Could be very interesting. Just good to see Connor Park out of it. A um, few questions in. Kenny Clark is asking us, um, Senderos, Hill and Kiernan, do Rangers have the worst group of defenders in the top flight? I think that's probably a bit harsh. <laughs> It's still, uh, you still probably would have like Hill walking into the Hamilton team, surely. Yeah, I think any of them would walk into the Hamilton team. Plus, Sendros has only played one game. I mean, like we say, it was the 
This is a boy who's like played with Arsenal and that. Like he's, he yeah. hasn't he hasn't horrendous. He's obviously he? a talented guy. He's got some amount of caps for yeah. Switzerland as well. I mean, but he is pushing on a little bit. I mean, obviously it's probably a tongue-in-cheek question, and the, their defense is they've got massive defensive problems, but. I think they've probably got one of the the better in all better defenses in all honesty. Can we give the snowman's partner a mention on this? <laughs> Fire away. Uh, just just funny mentioning Senderos and you know, obviously I referred to him as <laughs> Senderos. <laughs> <laughs> snowman's partner. Um, Fosh Town is back for more. Um, I'm going to ask this one to you, Lewis. Um, on a scale of David Winnie to own Jess how good a player did James Madison look at the weekend own Jess Kieran Poland asking (laughs) us if Celtic somehow managed to get a result at the new camp tonight should they make a statue of Brendan Rodgers already (laughs) yes we'll move right on to that game now then because it is of course um, probably by the time the majority of listeners are listening to this Celtic will have been Soundly beaten in Five Barcelona. 5-1. It's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, it's probably going to happen, yeah. Um, how do we see this going on tonight? I'll say a few names just to worry all the Celtic fans listening right now. Um, Neymar, Messi, Suarez, Rakitic, Iniesta. I've heard they're all, they're all fit, actually, because uh, Messi, Suarez and Iniesta all sat out their loss to Alavish, but I think they're all back I think they all came on in the second half actually mm. um, does that does that result make Barcelona a tougher game for Celtic tonight I don't think so I don't really buy that sort of argument I think it'll be if anything it'll give Celtic more confidence going into it because I, I think Celtic v Alaves is probably a reasonably level tie I mean not that, that that's no. how football works mm. but I do fancy all that right. they'll, they'll look at that and take a bit of you know, if if they can do it, we, why can't we? I know why. I know the argument of when was the last time Barca lost two games in succession? But when was the last time they two lost a home game? Mm. I mean, they've they've lost twelve home games in the last nine home games in the last three years. Yeah, and like two of them, I think, are Real Madrid. Another two are Valencia. Yeah, uh, Bayern Munich are one as well. So they don't often lose to small teams. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking there. Well, me and Lewis were both. Talking about it on Saturday, do you think Rogers will go with a back well three centre halves? Yeah, I think that'll be kind of I European know. because that's what he done with Liverpool. I'm so you reckon sure. he'll start Gamboa full back with Lustig as one of the centre halves? It, it, it's kind of tough to say because obviously you know we've just coming off a five-one um, win against them, you know, against Rangers, you know, so you know logic would tell you don't change the squad at all, but it's a completely different game and. I think certainly in Europe so far, I think the kind of five at backs actually served us quite well. And I think in a game like this, I think um, I, for me anyway, I think we probably do need to play a five at the back. But um, I could definitely see his reasoning if he picked the exact same team as he picked on Saturday. See if it will be uh, three centre halves. How will the midfield and attack line up? Would it be a, would it be like a three five two or a three four three? I, th- I think or? you've. I mean, it's obviously going to be really difficult playing against Barcelona. But the one thing. As much as uh, the Neil Lennon team almost defied this, I think you need to have a bit of a go at them. I don't think you can fully sit because you can't. You're not going to keep them out for ninety minutes, especially yeah. at the new camp. I think you need to have outlets going forward. I think Celtic yeah. are much better suited since the last time they played them. Not sorry, the last time, but the time before that when they lost two one. I think now you look at Dembele, ideal for a night like tonight. He's he's on form. You can you could you can see him scoring tonight. Like he's got yeah. pace in behind. Sinclair's the same. 
Forrest or Roberts, I think he might start Roberts tonight just because Forrest started the game at the weekend and gave us all. I think he might start Roberts. Um, I don't know if there's place for a player like Roger in a game tonight. Then again, nah. he did the press yesterday, which suggests he might play. Um, so I don't know. It'll be an interesting anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll ask your predictions if you don't mind, just tell me how you think it'll go. Yep. Um, you obviously can't see past Barcelona. I'm, I'm hoping for a Celtic result, though, of course. Uh, for the sake of Scottish football, and I don't, you maybe will be surprised, but I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. But I'll go with a Barcelona win. Do you score. want to score? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was rambling on for ages there as well. Three one, Barca. But I hope so too. Five one Barca. What it's saying? It's, it's going to happen. It's, it's. I've changed my Twitter uh, handle as well, so it's definitely going to happen. I think. I agree with McCallum. I think it'll be three one. I think Sinclair and Roberts will cause. Barcelona's fullbacks problems. I think they actually had a centre mid, uh, Sergio Roberto playing at fullback at the weekend, oh. so he's there to be exposed. Yep. If, if that was Man City's wingers, you'd fancy them. I think uh, Barca will be uh, hurting after Saturday. Um, I think they'll come out. I think they'll score four goals. I think Celtic will score one. It'll be four one to Barcelona. So not quite the magic five Lewis, um, but <laughs> we're all we're all going Celtic for. To score, so. aye, well, interesting. I think Celtic. Yeah, he's tips out in any it. game at the moment. Interesting anyway, right? Um, quickly mention the FBAs on our Twitter if you go on to the pinned tweet you can click on all that vote for us again that'd be wonderful really appreciate that lots of people have already voted means the world to all of us you can do it online on the FBA website as well under the podcast category thank you Callum Scott Lewis Kemp Johnny Clark Callum Fisher who was in earlier and myself Hamish Carton enjoy yourself over the next few days and we will speak to you at the end of the week with our preview to next weekend <laughs>